it comes to being online, we live life on the edge. Sending personal documents on questionable public Wi-Fi, rolling the dice with shady shopping sites, and don't even pretend you've never clicked on a deal that's too good to be true. Who hasn't? Luckily, there's TELUS Online Security, all-in-one protection for your identity and devices to help you connect, browse, and bank with confidence. Stay safer with TELUS Online Security, powered by Norton. Learn more at telus.com slash online security. No one can prevent all cybercrime or identity theft. Conditions apply. You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production in association with City News. You understand what identity theft is. By now, everyone does. Somebody gets a hold of your information, whatever information, and impersonates you. They run up your credit card, or they max out your checking account, or they buy hundreds or thousands of dollars worth of merchandise online and ship it somewhere else. The kind of identity theft we're talking about today, though, goes well beyond that. With typical identity theft, you might find out when you check your bank account or credit card statement, or you get emails about an Amazon shipment you never asked for. This kind of identity theft reveals itself when you get notice telling you that you've fallen behind on your mortgage payments and you don't have a mortgage. This is the world of synthetic identity fraud where your information is used not to impersonate you exactly, but to create a brand new person with your purchasing power. And as we see an increase in hacks that leak our personal data, this fraud becomes more and more prevalent. And it's very, very difficult to know that it's happening until that other you is deep in debt. So how does this scam work? What should you watch for? And what should you do immediately if you find out that you've got a mortgage or a car loan out there somewhere in your name and somebody wants to collect? I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Jennifer Fidian Green is an investigative forensic accountant, a certified anti-money laundering specialist. She is the leader of the National Risk and Forensic Advisory Practice at Grant Thornton LLP. Hey, Jennifer. Hello. Thanks for joining us today. Very happy to be here today and support fraud awareness. Okay, so let's begin with this then. I know that this encapsulates a whole variety of different scams. We've covered some of them on this show in the past, but, but what would you characterize as identity theft? It's a good question because there there is so much in this space and people can get really um, interested, but also kind of confused and you can get overwhelmed pretty quickly. So we hear a lot as individuals, you know, in our friends and our family walking around society, we hear a lot about credit card theft and debit card. And we, we, we hold that very close to us because it's my credit card and my debit card. And, and when my card data is used and there's charges that weren't mine, that can feel a lot like identity theft. So for me, I kind of, I draw some lines and they're not super hard lines, but kind of credit card theft is fraudsters, the scammers, thieves using that data and they're, they're committing fraud, but I call that credit card uh, theft, similar to the, the debit card. 
The difference for me with identity theft, and that's what we're going to talk about today, is when they use my data, so they might be using my my, some of my credit card data, they're using my name, they're using my address, they're using my profile information. And if they use that, that if we call it that profile workup, and they go out into our world, our economy, our society, and they're creating a new account. So they're getting a new credit card, or they get a new debit card, or or some type of service account. Maybe they get it, they're getting a, a phone um, account. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about lending and more mortgages, I think, that to me is very, you know, right on target identity theft. And there it's it's linked, it's close, the credit card, the debit card theft, those all feel very close to identity theft. But it's for me, really, when my identity information, my information, my name, my social insurance number is used to go out there and, and steal something, you know, get value. That to me is is really um, some strong lines around that for identity theft. Is that why you've sort of shifted and, and some people I've seen have shifted to calling it synthetic identity fraud? Is that is that what we're looking at here? Is that something different? It's something different. And there's, and again, there's all of this is evolving. Things, things continue. Sometimes they move at a really rapid pace, but synthetic. So now we've got this new word, synthetic identity theft. It's been around for a little while, but actually what I'm going to share, you know, my understanding of what synthetic identity theft has actually been around for a long time because we've got lots of really um, industrious, creative fraudster, scam artist kind of people out there that we need to combat, right? We need to put them down. So identity theft, if somebody uses my information, they go out there and they do stuff they shouldn't do. Synthetic identity fraud, what's that? So now synthetic, we're putting, we're knitting together some things. We're putting stuff together. It might be my, Jennifer Fittingree, my real social insurance number, but they changed my name a little bit. Maybe they just, it's just Jennifer Fittian. They changed my address. They, they, the profile that they build using, they have some of my real information. So we do have identity theft here. They're taking my real social insurance number, for example, but they are synthesizing or they're, they're putting a lot of made-up, false, fraudulent, uh, untrue information with that real stuff, put it all together. We've got a synthetic identity that's built off some of that that core, very valuable, the real stuff, the good stuff, and they take that profile out into our world, out into our economy, and they use it to access value, right, to the, the kinds of things that we're talking about. But when, when we have um, uh, the institution, the company on the other side, uh, who actually um, lets that synthetic identity into their into their business, and the fraudsters aren't going to pay the bills, right? That's what we're talking about here. The mm-hmm. fraudsters are gone. They've taken the value. They took the money. They took the phone account. They're gone. They're not going to pay the bill. Now the business starts looking around, and they they you know start taking a really good look at this, and they find the core of that good information. And th- th- this is the problem with this crime. They end up finding the real me and saying, hey, you know, Jennifer Fidian, you know, why aren't you paying your bill? And I say, well, that's not really me. You let a synthetic uh, identity into your business. But the weight of the crime ends up on me um, a little bit, even though I don't actually lose some money. The business the business is coming to me looking for it. So that, um, so, so 
synthetic, right? We're mm-hmm. taking some real, some fraudulent. We're putting it together. The the fraudsters are doing this. Do we know right about now the scale of this problem? Jordan, it's big and it keeps on growing. It's unfortunately I've been I've been doing um, this work for a long, long time now, and I think I thought that um, this was something that we could we could get ahead of. We haven't. Um, look at every we can all Google and we can see that the numbers are increasing. You know, our neighbors to the south, they have they have more current data than us in Canada. You will see that some of the um, the current information, I think we have some data that's got 2020 for 2020 next to it. It's happening to over 1.3 million of us, and we're talking about billions of dollars. But what I really want to share on the call today, because um, there is some helpful information because there's so much to navigate. And, you know, how, how big is this and what's happening is CPA Canada, and I'm a CPA, I'm a Chartered Professional Accountant of Canada. They have, they started a while ago doing an annual survey of Canadians regarding fraud because there's so much, it's hard to understand, it's hard to navigate. So this annual survey and the latest one came out in uh, earlier this year. So we have a 2022 survey of fraud in Canada and while we don't we don't have the overall quantum of this, we we know from this survey that almost half of Canadians are saying that they have fallen victim to some kind of a scam. So so that's a lot, right? That's big, mm-hmm. and that this this continues to be something that um, needs to be on our radar screen to protect ourselves. So let's talk about synthetic identity theft and, you know, what it looks like. And, you know, we're going to use this conversation to hopefully uh, try to give people some tips. But maybe first, you know, your whole practice is about recognizing and preventing this kind of stuff. Have you ever had to deal with synthetic identity theft personally? Have you witnessed it, dealt with it in any of your clients or businesses? I have. I have. So I, um, I actually, most of my practice, I actually regularly work with business businesses and organizations and government and nonprofit. So this the the identity theft piece is more on the how can I how can I prevent this and not let those fraudsters into the business, right? How can we have those kinds of processes? But the reason I got really, really interested in this, and it's it's a while ago now, is because it happened to me personally. Um, so I'm I'm a forensic accountant, I'm a fraud investigator, it's what I do. And uh, I I was a victim, so you know I'm here to say you know my hands are up. It can it can happen to anyone. I I always thought that I was someone who's who can be uh, who is careful about changing my passwords and not letting my my private information um, get into the wrong places. You know, trying to do the things that hopefully um, you know all the advice, all the tips that we hear. I was trying to do all of those things. I got a call one day at work from a debt collector, an individual, very nice individual. His name was Jeff, actually. And he his job was to follow up on a mortgage that wasn't being paid. It had gone into over three months overdue. There hadn't been any payments on it. And he found me online. He he had he Googled my name because the the profile that they had lent the person, the name that they had lent money to was the same name as mine. And he Googled me and he found out where I worked and he called into the the front desk and got put through to my office. And he was, you know, pretty good at doing his job. And he said, you know, Miss Vivian Green, you're not paying your mortgage. This is serious business. You need to pay your mortgage. Well, I was pretty upset pretty quickly because I didn't owe anybody any money. I certainly didn't owe him any money, his business. Um, so it took a little while, but he and I got connected and figured out um, 
okay, there's something going on here and it wasn't me and it wasn't him. So we figured out that it was a fraudulent situation. And so what this looked like was my real name, my real social insurance number. So the real deal, you know, one that I'd had since I was a teenager with my first job, my real social insurance number, but everything else on that file that a mortgage lending company had lent a mortgage to funds. It was over, it was about $270,000. Everything else on that file was fake. It wasn't real. I saw the file. I went, I, you better believe that I, um, you know, got connected. This was before COVID, long before COVID, face to face to figure, I wanted to see what file they had on me. And he wanted to see me and make sure I was the real me. And I wasn't, you know, the fraudsters trying to get away with this. And so there on that file, I could see that, um, there were three years of tax return information that had been provided to this mortgage lending company that thought they were doing all of the right things to you know, make sure they were going to lend money to somebody who could pay it back. All of it was false. It had my name on it, but everything in there, the income numbers, the address, the history of everything was made up and it was, it was fake. And sort of, you know, long story short, I investigated my own case. So I, I see, I've seen what this looks like. Um, I was able to see that over about a three, four day period, the, the fraudsters, these a criminal group had used my name and worked it at different lending companies to get through their onboarding process to access lending. And they, they got more than a few uh, hundred thousand dollars next to my name. And then I had to do the work to get my name um, disentangled from that. Did they ever get caught? So my case, as I investigated it, and I did report it to law enforcement, they were able to link it to another case, to a case that they were investigating that had a whole quite complex um, identity theft ring going on. And yes, there were charges laid in my case, and there was one individual who was uh, convicted. So we did get a prosecution. It didn't end up being more than that. Um, but yes, I, I think more people involved, but it, we, some charges stuck against one individual. You mentioned that that was 16 years ago. So this stuff has been going on for a while. What has happened in the past few years, if anything, in terms of technology, government policy, that's, that's made this so widespread now, as you mentioned, it keeps increasing? Certainly, it's digitization. So we, we're going to need some time, I think, as a society to understand but we we have not fully evolved to to the methods that we need as to how we understand who we're dealing with and 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 the tr- the the truth of that we're still we're still in that transitioning phase and perhaps these these fraudsters these groups are taking advantage of that i was at um uh, a conference yesterday. It was an industry conference. The topic was AML, anti-money laundering. And there was a good portion of the day, some really, really um, inspiring and innovative um, people at the front of the room talking to us about this digitization and about how, because we're seeing it in in um, the AML space as well. We're seeing, you know, how do we really know who's on the other end when, when the end of the customer is completely onboarding online. There's no, there's no in-person, some, there's, there's not even any screen time, right? Everything is through an online platform. How do we know we're really dealing with a real person right. and not, not a criminal, not, not an identity thief, um, not a bot, right? We're hearing about this in all sorts of ways. We're hearing about it with the whole, the whole Twitter, you know, how many, how many real customers are there? How many bots are there? And so 
I think that I am learning, I think we're all learning that there, there are tools, um, there are technologies that are going to help us with that. There's some really, really good ones, but we're not using them yet. So we're in this space where we all have, you know, how many apps, how many websites, how many um, online retailers, how many accounts we have, and everything is is digital. We're still memorizing passwords. The survey that CPA Canada said said, you know, we still have people who are trying to memorize the passwords and change them every other month in their head. Like all of that is not working well enough yet. So I think Jordan, we're in this we're in this transition time, just like COVID boosted us, you know, kicked us into digitization, and you know, we're connected. We now need the next kick to, to, to really evolve to the tools that are going to protect us because we're not really protecting ourselves yet. So I, I look, I'm, I'm somebody who's learning in this space. That's not really my area. But if you want to open up an account with a financial institution, very few of us are going to our branch now, right? You're going to your screen and doing it. Right. And that's that's um, created opportunities for these these um, these scam artists to to find our vulnerabilities, right? So we've got to be in guard. So much of what you do online can be risky. That's why Frequency Podcast Network has teamed up with TELUS Online Security, powered by Norton. Simple actions like connecting to public Wi-Fi and opening sketchy sites or emails from people you are not aware of can expose your personal information. But with TELUS Online Security, which includes a secure VPN, you can browse securely and anonymously. Get Canada's most comprehensive all-in-one protection starting from just $10 per month. Visit telus.com slash online security. A simple way to stay safer. No one can prevent all cybercrime or identity theft. Conditions apply. March Fautour is a border-hopping Canadian romance con artist. His trail of destruction has led to heartbreak, bankruptcies, foreclosures, and even PTSD. How could you ruin so many people's lives? It's dark evil. From Pink Moon Studio and Frequency Podcast Network, don't miss the final episode of Catch Him If You Can. The story of Marcel Vautour, his survivor's real-time crusade to catch him, and the broken legal system that's allowed him to get away. This is his job. He is good at what he does. Say, so you know what? Bravo. You're good at what you do. But we're, we're good at what we do, too. And we're going to get you. Binge every episode of Catch Him If You Can, available on Frequency Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Find your frequency. Is there any way for the average person to recognize that they might have fallen prey to this kind of scam? What should they watch for? Okay, well, like just put, you know, give yourself a moment to think about anything that comes unsolicited to you. You, you know, give yourself permission to just shut it out. You know, delete the email, you know, close the close the app that pops up. If it's coming unsolicited, I mean, it could be good, could be real, but it could also be um, fraudsters hunting us because we are being hunted. We are being targeted. There's no doubt about it. Like, just know that, okay? So whether it's an email, whether it's a text, you know, something on our iPhone, like just just train yourself, start to train yourself that unsolicited, ignore it. Like if, it, if that, whoever that is really needs to connect with you, they're going to be insistent. You know, in the first instance, maybe even in the second instance, get it out, get it off your radar screen, and and don't respond to it. So that's about that's more about a protection and how did it? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how do you how do you prevent? Or how do you, how do you know if it's happening to you? 
The other thing that I, I tell people, and I think it is really important, it continues to be uh, really important in our world, is we all have a credit uh, profile. We all have a, uh, we have good credit, we have bad credit, we have okay credit. That credit profile in our economy and how we structured ourselves, how financial services work for us as individuals, that credit profile is, is super important. So when these identity thieves take my profile, whether it's my full profile or the synthetic one, and a synthetic one that they make up and they go out and they want to access services, they want to access a lending account or set up a new credit card account, they need to access that credit profile. And so having access to that is key because the lender's not going to lend money to anyone, real or fake, unless they know there's good credit, right? So they're really, what they're really stealing is they want to access our credit profile. So we can all we can check in on our credit profile and we, we can do it regularly. I don't think that we should be overly stressed and anxious and, you know, go in and check daily, but we could check a couple of times a year. Um, th so these, this is the Equifax and the TransUnion, like these, these two groups. Those are the two big ones in Canada. And most financial services organizations are plugged into each of those. And that's kind of what I learned when I was investigating my own case is kind of how all of these dots connect and how, how financial services needs to have access to that. So, uh, so check, check that um, um, you want to get that credit profile and check it. You want to look, you want to see if there's anything unusual in there, anything that doesn't make sense. And if there is, you don't want to ignore it. So there's two, I'm giving you two messages there. The number one is anything unsolicited, you can ignore that. Like if anybody's coming to you and saying, hey, um, you know, check this out, or I want this, or I need this from you. If you didn't solicit that, you weren't expecting it, push it away, ignore it. But if you go check your credit file and you see stuff on there, the back page of your credit report lists all the different groups that access your credit file. And if you see stuff on there that you didn't initiate, you're saying, what, what is this bank doing? What is this? What is this company? Why are all these groups checking out my credit profile? I don't want you to ignore that because that's a warning sign and we got to get on it. What do you do if you are checking your credit rating and you see something like that? Like, what's your next step? Call the police? Uh, call the business? What? Well, I I wouldn't call the police immediately because we just always, you know, we're kind of on the front end of something. Sure. But I would, we can, we can call Equifax and TransUnion. We can put a fraud alert on our file, put notice really. It's almost like a red flag on our file. So we can ask Equifax and TransUnion. You can do it over the websites today. If you go visit their websites, you're going to, they're going to have fraud information right from the get-go because there's so much of this going on. So we can put an alert on so that if any, any, whoever checks my file again will be alerted. Hey, you better, you better do some good due diligence here because the person, the person whose profile this is, has put a fraud alert on. Mm -hmm. So we can do that. And that's, that's preventative and we're protecting ourselves. But what I would want to do, I, what I would tell, and I do, I do get calls. I still get a couple calls a month from people who are saying, Hey, this happened to me. What do I do? That, you know, when I'm looking at that list and I see, I see some names of institutions or banks or retail lending companies and those, I didn't, I don't know who, why those people are checking it out. I'd call those groups. I'd call them. That's what I did when I investigated my case. I called them and I said, why, why were you looking at my um, credit? I want to know because I'm me and I didn't give you permission to look at it. And they, 
if it's a real look, if they really did look at mine and something, if they really did look at my credit and they did something as a consequence of that, like they lent money, they'll have a file with my name next to it. Right. And I, I, that's how I learned what happened. I got all of these stories and I had to keep going because I had to investigate it. But, but for somebody who is trying to be ahead of this and prevent it, um, we can we put that fraud alert on those files. We can check if there's something there, and we can actually. I don't like this. I didn't. I I I I have a personal. I feel very principled about this, and you can ask me about it. But we can we can pay Equifax and TransUnion to monitor our credit file for us, and if something funny happens, they can push it to us. So um, we we can we can pay that. I don't. I I have. Um, I'm a little bit. I, I'm a little bit upset. I'm going to share it, but personally, I'm a little bit upset that I need to pay Equifax and TransUnion to do that. Sure. I want to encourage and challenge and support Equifax and TransUnion to do that as part of their business model. I don't think that I need to pay them again to do that. So let me ask you the final part of this. Then it happens. None of the prevention worked. Uh, you were tweaked to something that popped up on your credit score, and you found out that something had been taken out in your name. And you know, you get to where where you are, and all of a sudden, somebody you don't know is saying, "Hey, you owe us the interest on this loan, or you owe us the payment for whatever." What do you do? How do you reclaim your identity? Is there, I guess. Is there a better process for that now than there was 16 years ago when this kind of thing was happening to you? Are the authorities used to this by now? Yeah, I think the short answer is yes. I think we've all we've all learned a lot. Uh, we're we're all much more aware. I think what happened to me, I had to I had to kind of break through this. Like people didn't believe me, right? <laughs> now, if it happens to you, there's going to be a, a lot more support. Much. Um, much more easily, much more quickly. So that's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. We keep we keep getting better at this kind of stuff, and we have to we have to keep going so we can shut this more of this down. So I think if it happens to you, you know, take a deep breath and know that um, uh, I, I don't know anyone who's going to. I, I want you to understand that you were a victim of identity theft, but you should not be incurring any financial loss. Okay. The financial loss is actually the institution that accepted the um, your profile when the identity thieves put it forward. You should, you as the individual, your identity has been stolen, and that's that is not okay, right? And maybe if you need access to your credit tomorrow, your credit might be cro- compromised because there's a loan out there that's not going to be paid. But you shouldn't lose any money, and that that's something that um, I think as a society it, it's taken us a while. So I want I want you to be a confident victim if it right. happens to you, right? So if you get a call from a bank like me, and the bank is saying, hey, you know, you got to owe this you know, got to pay your debt. Say, no, clearly, you know, show me your file. That wasn't me. Um, this is me. And you've, you've lent money to thieves who use my name, but you didn't lend money to me. So be a confident victim, be helpful because that, that institution or that group is going to have to file paperwork and do things. And they're going to need your help to do that. So help that process. And um, they're the ones that lost the money, not you, right? So how do we get it to law enforcement? We can report it to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre. I think you can do it online. You can also call. And the more that we can do this and you give the details of what happened to you and the parts that you know, we give ourselves a chance. It's the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre. We give ourselves a chance for our law enforcement agencies with the help of the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre to pull everything together. Because I, I truly believe that in my case, 
my name, if you can, if we can think about it, if you can kind of zoom out, my name was maybe on a list of a hundred names. I don't know, 500 names. How, you know, these, we, we hear about these data breaches and, you know, we, if you can just sort of think about these thieves having a list of names, I think they worked that long list of names, right? They weren't just working my name. These, these are smart, technologically savvy, very entrepreneurial, organized crime groups doing this. They're not just going to sit down and say, I'm going to do everything I can with the Fiddy and Green uh, profile today. They're working a whole list of names at the same time. And so if, we, if we're going to our law enforcement and we're giving them one by one, we're, it's so hard for us to put all of this together. But if we can all get incidents reported in, we give a chance through um, this fraud center for our law enforcement to see a bit of the bigger picture view, right? Because the chances of building a case to go on the one thing, it's hard, right? But suddenly, if that starts accumulating, saying, no, 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 we got, you know, there's a whole... There's a whole wave or a ring here, you know, there's 25 cases or there's 100 cases. We give our law enforcement a chance to to get at this and to focus some energy and resources. Jennifer, thank you so much for taking the time to explain all this. Um, I'm really hoping it helps some listeners. Okay, great. I hope I was helpful. And uh, there's not too much in there. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in and digest. And I think we've got to do more so it's not the victims who are carrying the weight of this crime. Jennifer Fidian Green, investigative forensic accountant and an anti-money laundering specialist. That was The Big Story. For more, head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. Find us on Twitter at TheBigStoryFPN. You can always talk to us. Questions, comments, concerns, random rants late at night. Love to read those in the morning. Email us, hello at thebigstorypodcast.ca. Call us, drunk dial us. No, don't do that. It's a really bad idea. But do ask us a question or suggest a topic. You can reach us at 416-935-5935. And you can find this podcast anywhere you get your podcast. You can get it on a smart speaker by asking it to play the Big Story podcast. And if you do like this podcast, forget about doing something online. Tell a friend in real life that they should listen. Thank you for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow. Frequency Podcast Network wants to keep you safer online. That's why they've teamed up with TELUS Online Security. With data breaches becoming more and more common, it's important to know if your personal information has been compromised. Fraudsters can use your stolen data to attempt to open new accounts, rent or buy properties, and do other fraudulent activities in your name. Check to see if your personal info has been exposed. Try a free dark web scan brought to you by TELUS Online Security, powered by Norton. Visit telus.com slash dark web. No one can prevent all cybercrime or identity theft. Conditions apply.